Hey guys, welcome back to Kingdom Killers. We are excited to have you here. This is our second? Second episode. Second episode. So we're just like trying to get in the swing of things, I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're actually recording this when my mom has our kids. So they may run through the door, just (laughs) FYI at some point coming home but uh this week we are going to chat about ptsd and different treatments so there is a ton of different treatments out there that you can um, be a part of but we wanted to focus on the ones that are most popular and the ones that we've seen um us personally have seen the best results with first responders So uh, when we talk about the PTSD and treatment, it's more about um, what type of therapies you can have and go to, like talk therapies. And then (laughs) as we're doing this moment, Jason Smoker, one of his things fell out of Smoker. He says it's going to start on fire. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Okay. Okay. We're back. We're We're back. back. We're back. Why don't you tell them what happened? <laughs> so basically, um, for those of you who have smokers and stuff like that, um, you have to do uh, a an initial like burn off from the winter, uh, make sure you know all the stuff is burned out of there so that you can do your cooking. Well, I left the door open on the part where you have all the wood and a chunk of the burning wood fell on to the deck. So, yeah. So luckily we're right here to see that so that we could pick it up. Yes. Okay. So now we're back. We're We're, back. Yes. I thought the kids were going to interrupt us, but no, now it's wood burning our deck. It was me. It was, it was you. Okay. Let's get back. Okay. So the different types of, therapies and medications, talk therapies, different things like that. That um, is definitely a priority for somebody who is going through PTSD or any sort of mental health struggle. Uh, I know for me personally, the antidepressants really helped during the time of, uh, I'd say, I don't want to call it a mental health break, but I guess it kind of is at the same time. Yeah, it is. Like when I went uh, back in 2019, when I left law enforcement, um, I was on a big dose of medication to try to get through the day-to-day, and it was more of like a Band-Aid fixed, and therapy, like the talk therapy, was really what helped me heal. Um, so at this point, just for me personally, I want everybody to know that It is so important to take your medications and the way that they are prescribed. I'll say that again. You need to take your medications the way the doctor prescribes them because they know exact, as long as you trust your doctor and whatever, they know exactly what you need. Now, that doesn't mean that there can't be some adjustments here and there, but I just want to make that, um, I don't know, obvious is the best way of putting it is to make sure that you're taking your medications as prescribed. So um, for me personally, when I was going through the hardest times, I had medication for um, just the anxiety in general, a really high dose. It was sertraline, which is the generic of Zoloft. Then I had um, 
medications for my nightmares. I had sleep medication and then I had another medication for when I had my anxiety attacks and to help calm me down. So at that point I was pretty heavily medicated compared to like not usually being on any medication. So that was a huge adjustment for me too. But do you want to talk about your medication and stuff that you you're on and the journey of trying to figure out what was right for you and stuff yeah so i think that um first off there's there's a lot of different things that you can do to help your mental status and your mental health but um since we're on the topic of medication um i would say that initially i was um a little bit against it because i had never liked to take medication uh, and things like that but uh because i thought it made me like weak you know what i mean so like it's it was kind of like a sign of weakness to me um to like basically surrender that part but now uh, you know, looking back on it, I probably should have done that a lot sooner. And I also have been on some medications for, you know, the anxiety, depression, um, and, and that, but I haven't had it, had to do any of the sleep medications or anything like that, but I probably should at some point. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that's something to talk to your doctor about when you exactly. go back. Exactly. When you have another one. Exactly. So that's probably the first type of treatment I wanted to focus on is if you are going through like an event like this where, you know, your anxiety is through the roof or you're, you're pretty depressed, the first thing I would do is go to your doctor and get put on some medication. Okay. That should be the first thing. I know some people might be like, no, no to medication, but I'm like, yes, yes to medication because it actually starts to give you more of a clearer head to start, um, helping you through everything else and all the rest of the processes. So I found it interesting that you talked about how you didn't want to be on it. And I told him for years to be on something like that because I could see that some of the different events and stuff were really, really bothering him from when he saw law enforcement. And, um, but yep, he was right. He didn't want to be on them, but unfortunately it got to the point where it was really just not an option. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about what the medications are for, it helps to balance out the chemicals and, and things like that in your body because you're replacing or more putting new things in. Um, and that's exactly what has happened to you over time when you have PTSD is that the chemicals and the makeup of your brain and how you process things and, and all these different types of uh, uh, events um you actually change the makeup of your body and the chemicals in your body. Mm -hmm. So it's good to get those medications because then it will help replace some of those ones that your body has basically gotten rid of or added new uh, or whatnot so that you can basically survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. And that to me just wants also to say that it's not your fault that these things are happening to you. Like you're not crazy. You shouldn't be embarrassed. It's really just what naturally happens to your brain when you go through several traumatic events. So 
And the sad part is, is that you can't really do anything about it once it's, Mm -hmm. you know, once you've been kind of going down that road, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like your brain will do what it needs to do without asking you, right? It will, it will do what it needs to do to survive and get you through to the next thing without saying, Hey, Danielle or Jason, this is what we're thinking we're going to do now. We're going to get rid of this emotion or that emotion or add this emotion. They just do it. It just does it because that's your body's fight or flight response is to just survive. That might actually be a good one, a good topic at some point to talk about, I think. Add it to the list is what we like to say around here. Add it to the list. Um, Okay, so we're going to talk about another sort of therapy, more of like the talk therapy. There's some really popular ones out there for other things just besides PTSD, but from the ones that I know of that are super popular for first responders, um, is it's a talk therapy and it's called EMDR. And it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. What it does is it helps your brain process and make sense of the event or events that happened that are affecting you. So personally, I did EMDR, when was that? Probably 2010, 2011, to get through an event that actually Jason was on with me. Um, it was when, an event where I was assaulted, and um, I had to do that for a long time. Like I felt like the EMDR was like an intense, long process. But that was like my first, uh, how do you say, exposure to some sort of therapy like that. But what you do is like you'll sit there, and the therapist will put like a pen or their finger or. I don't know what's another thing, a light or a tone. Yeah, I've heard of tones too in front of your eyes and your eyes just move back and forth. So if you're a cop, it's like HGN almost. If you're not a cop, that's just like one of the field sobriety (laughs) tests that you do if you feel like somebody is impaired. But um, it's almost like that. So it's almost like the back and forth and it just helps your brain go through and process and then compartmentalize it almost like almost to me it reminds me of like a filing cabinet in your brain so you're learning how to process it and then where to put it like okay yes that's happening but then where do I put it in my brain so it doesn't come to the forefront when I'm dealing with like the next thing or something like it um do you remember kind of when I went through the EMDR or not really yeah I do I do, but I've never experienced it or have done it, um, so it's, I can't really speak to it that much. But I do remember that um, you were talking about that at a lot of your sessions, and actually, I think what you had said too during the time was that it actually brings up a lot of the memories that maybe you didn't remember. Mm-hmm. So, in you know, in sometimes or in some ways, that's good but it also can be a little scary too because you're bringing up maybe stuff that your subconscious or your brain just shoved away so that you don't remember it (laughs) but anyway that that i don't want to remember right right i think and it's almost it, it reminds me of almost like or it brings me to like what happened in the childhood that maybe traumatized me in a way too that i didn't even realize was was trauma right you know, so I think that 
I think that EMDR, I'm so glad I did it because that really did help me through my initial trauma of feeling like I had PTSD. But if you don't know this, I continued to be in law enforcement for a while because I learned how to cope with it. And I, then I wasn't on medication and then yeah. like, it was yeah. a really good time, you know, on and off from like the, the different events that I saw. And, you know, if something was really intense, I knew, okay, I should probably be back on my medication because I can see how this is bothering me. But I do remember when I went through EMDR initially that it was my first time seeing kind of something like that therapy. And I was super, I knew I needed it, but I didn't want to need it, but I knew I needed it. It was like almost like a tug between me. Like I'm tough enough. I don't need it. And then it's like, no, clearly you need it because something's going on. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, Another type of therapy was it's called art therapy and it's just a, ART like it doesn't have like any sort of hyphenated or like how do you say that where it doesn't have it's any... not an acronym for anything there, there you go acronym yeah. that that's the big that's the big word for it so um what what art was and I did this in 2020 19 or 20 so this was after I left law enforcement when I was like completely done and this was a new type of therapy um, and what it did is it, it brought in like more of my emotions and expressions and I visualized things more. And then through that, it was like, how do I say this? Like my, cause EMDR really helped with my emotions too, but like this one, it really brought to me like the visualization of the event that was actually happening. And it taught me how to put a white it was almost like a white sheet over that memory and like I remember this one memory and it was really intense and it was when one of my family members had a really intense health situation and I remember going through art where that white sheet was put in and um, that family member was peeking through like hey I'm fine don't worry about it and it closed and then after that, I was like, oh, my word, like, this really is helping. This is really doing something. So I, as weird as that sounds, even, like, coming out of my mouth, like, that's what my brain had to go through. Like, it had to go through different sort of, um, I don't know, visual art type things in my brain to figure it out. But I did also, like, follow a pen. Or maybe this one was his finger. I can't remember. But... That was that was pretty cool too. I felt like uh, EMDR just going back was more of like a lengthy treatment. It was like you have to do it again, and then next week, and then next week, and then next week, and then next week. Where ART was like you kind of prep for it, you do it, and then and then you like talk about it at the end, and then it it's kind of done. So I feel like ART was more of an intensive, longer. Clearly, it was longer. It was, like three or four hours, but it got it done faster. Mm. I yeah. think. Yeah. And that was a good type of therapy, I think. So if I if I were to have to go through this again, I'd say art one hundred percent. Okay. Over okay. anything else. But um do you remember when you were talking to your therapist what they said that she wanted to do with you? That was they were thinking about doing the uh the first one. EMDR. EMDR, yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of therapists aren't trained in art from what I know, but who knows? 
around here, at least right. here in Minnesota. Um, so that's a really popular therapy too. So take that as you will. Art and EMDR. There's several other ones that can that can definitely work. Um, but the last one I wanted to talk about was therapies that you can basically just do on your own. Mm, yeah. So one for me, a huge one. The only reason I am here today, and I did not, and this sounds it sounds so hard coming out of my mouth, but the reason why I'm here today and that I did not commit suicide during those suicidal times was because of God. Mm-hmm. And I was baptized in 2018 um, into our, well, then it became our faith. Jason grew up AG, which is Assembly of God. Um, and I grew up Lutheran. And then in 2018, I heard the call and I went and baptized myself. Well, I didn't do it, but like I went to go get baptized um, as an adult and I made that decision. And I'll tell you that 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 sort of um, therapy of like reading the Bible and learning more things and just being around a positive people and people that saw the best in people and, you know, just a very positive environment. And also I learned a lot about what I was going through in different ways that it could help me and heal me, I would say, um, would be my number one type of treatment that I would recommend to anybody. 100% would be, you know, find Jesus, find God. Mm -hmm. That's really the only way that I'm here today. And it's kind of sad thinking about it because like from the outside looking in, I have, I had such a great life. Like, if you think about it, nobody would have known I was struggling. Right. Really. Unless, like, my close family, you knew, clearly. But, like, nobody else could see it. Nobody else knew. Well, that's that's kind of what the the whole... The problem is with that is that it's uh, oftentimes, like, out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. They can't... They don't know that you're struggling with it. It's not like you have a broken arm and everyone sees it and they're saying, oh, man, your arm's broken. It's like, oh, your brain is broken. No, you don't know that. So, you know, to see you basically have to build up the courage or the boldness to go get help or go talk to somebody about it or share with other people even. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's a great that's a great thing uh, to to say is to find God and faith and, and things like that because that is on a whole nother level. That's not earthly. It's in the spiritual realm. So that, that type of thing is something that nobody's going to be able to help you with except for God. So mm-hmm. I really I, – I like that. <laughs> Good. I like that they, you said that, you know, because um, then there's also like other things like, you know, for me anyway, it was started to work out again hard mm-hmm. to help with, you know, just getting your your focus on something else or, you know, t- like going back to something that maybe you gave up a while ago or something after, you know, you started to feel down or you know the depression or anxiety that type of thing you might have walked away from a hobby or something that you really loved because that is actually one of the you know signs symptoms of ptsd is that you start to 
kind of become a recluse. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, going back to something that makes you happy and it makes you uh, find some joy in mm -hmm. a different way, right? Yeah. So I think that that's another huge thing too. Yeah, that's a good one. You've really, you've really found um, a real therapy through working out, I yeah. would say. Yeah. The sweat, like sweating, <laughs> it sounds funny, but like, but it's it, right. you know, like getting your actual workout, not, I mean, some walks are good for people. I like to walk, but I mean, like he like gets it, works really hard and like is dripping sweat and that if he doesn't get that in, oof, yeah, nobody a, wants to be by this guy. Yeah. It's a different day. <laughs> it's a different type of day for me if I don't do it. Yeah. So that's important too. And you know, on that note is just talking to your spouse about it. Right. right. And you know, he, do you think he likes to wake up at five in the morning to go work out? The answer is no, I don't. But is that the only time that really works for our family right now? Yes. <laughs> so, so, so if you want something bad enough, you're going to go do it. Exactly. And you'll figure it out. Yep. You'll figure it out. I'll say on that note too, like playing softball was something that brought me joy my whole life. Like I played college softball and right. I played after college slow pitch, you know, after fast pitch in college. But um, then I had kids and then all the things and then no all life. of this happened and you know, softball is really my happy place and it always has been. And this year I've really seen a difference in myself, um, being more positive about it. And I'm playing three nights a week, which is just crazy. Some <laughs> people might think that's insane. Um, but I, w I would play four or five if I could, to be honest. But, and clearly some nights, you know, the kids have other stuff, so I can't, I can't go to the, my own softball stuff, but um, you know, that was definitely something I had to talk with Jason about before I even did it. I was like, Hey, can I play softball three nights a week? You know, cause I had people asking to, if I'd play on their teams and I was like, please. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, totally. That's fine. We'll make it work. I'm like, seriously. He's like, yeah, you really like that. So that kind of brings another point. Just have the conversation with your spouse, like whatever, right. whatever works for your family and stuff. But that's a good type of treatment. I think meditation and yoga, I mean, that's easier for girls. I mean, I think it's good for guys too. Don't get me wrong. But like <laughs> they might not be like, oh, I'm going to go. You Do know, yoga. Yeah. Right. Go, go get flexible. But for girls, that might be good. Um, and then the last one I wanted to say was just doing some sort of um, – personal development. And that could be a book, that could be a podcast, that could be really anything you want it to be. But once you learn a lot more about yourself and what your own needs are, and maybe the things that you've been avoiding or pushing away, or, oh, I need to pay more attention to this part of my life, or maybe I should change the words that I say here, or Maybe, oh, like I know one big thing for me was learning different personality types and realizing, okay, me and my husband are the same here and we're not here. So how can we work on our traumas along with working with our families all at the same time? So just learning, I would say that about each other really did help me with my mental health because it helped him 
know what I needed. And instead of me just saying, I need this, you know, I had to change my verbiage and likewise for him. Like right. he had, he's had to learn that too. And I think personal development is huge. Yeah, I would agree. And I know that that's been a big thing in your realm lately. So that, you know, over the last couple of years anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's a really good thing. It's just, it kind of goes back to the whole thing of like finding something that is going to help better yourself every day and help like develop whether it's your body physically, mentally, spiritually, that type of thing that you can sustain too. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you want to just do. It's not like a one-time thing because just like you were saying before with the EMDR that it was a long process, Mm -hmm. but healing, especially from PTSD and, and things like and mental health issues Mm -hmm. it's not a short process Mm -hmm. by any means it's a long process so something that you can sustain and make it work for a long time Mm -hmm. i think is is something that you should find yeah yeah i think that's good um and i also wanted to add right before we're done we're almost wrapped up here but I think it's really hard for police officers or first responders in general, but especially in police officers and veterans to admit that you need some sort of help and to admit that, um, I don't want to say that it's, uh, I might say this wrong, but like just saying that I, I don't need anything. Like I'm fine. I know the laws. I know what I need to do the step-by-step to arrest somebody. I know the things I have to read to people because I've done them all the time. I've been trained in it, blah, 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 blah. But this is a realm. It's almost like you're not in control of your brain and you're not in control of your feelings and all the things. So this is like an area where you don't know. So this is a time to truly step back, humble yourself if you are going through anything like that and realize that you don't know, like you don't know about this. And I know you don't know because it's not something you religiously do all the time. Like with law enforcement, like we know how to arrest people. We know, we know how to fight people. We know, you know, the laws and all the things, but this is just an area where you're not used to not being in control. And I think that's a really big thing for law enforcement, especially to um, learn to release a little bit. It's almost like I want to give you the grace and, you know, all the things to just know that it's okay. Right. It's okay to not be okay. Right. And it's okay to need help in things. Yeah. And kind of like off that was that the, uh, you know, cops don't like to be not in control of stuff. Just like you're Mm -hmm. kind of hinting at here. Yeah. Like, well, I know how to do this. So I'm going to do this. I know how to do that. So I'm going to do this. Uh, But to go somewhere and say, I have no idea what's happening with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to fix this and I don't know the right steps to do. So here you go. You're right. That That is hard for a lot of first responders and, and police and and stuff like that. So that's that's a really good point. So, yeah. And it's just taking it's taking your ego out of it mm-hmm. and saying, this is it. This is what I need to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
And you are way more important than your job. Oh, absolutely. I think we, Jason and I, that's another one we could talk about. Uh, for hours. For hours. Probably. Um, as much as we loved our job and loved all the things, I mean, we have different reasons why we left kind of in a way, um, at some point we'll get into those, but like, you're just a number, no matter what, no matter if you're a first responder, no matter what, like as a police officer, speaking from experience, you put so much into your job. You put so much into saving lives. You put so much in putting bad guys in jail and, and helping people and doing all the things. And then you leave and you're literally just replaced. Your partners, you know, you have a select few that will communicate with you. But other than that, you're chopped liver, and especially leaving from with mental health. Like when I left, nobody wanted to talk to me. They thought I was crazy. At least I felt that way, yeah. you know. Whereas when you left, it's a little more three years later. So things are different now. It's more but I would still say it's like taboo a little bit, you know, still yeah. out there. Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right. Like, you don't owe the job anything. Nope. And it will never give anything back to you. Mm -hmm. No matter how many people try to say, let's let's try to leave our legacy at this place or whatnot. You're, I mean, there's probably cops that work at our place right now. And I've only been gone since November. And now it's, what, June? That probably don't even know me. So it's like, really? You're yeah. not even gone a year? And they're just like, who, well, who was that? Yeah. Who cares? I'm moving. We're moving on. Mm -hmm. Right? So don't ever pour your entire self. In my opinion, you never pour yourself, the entire self, into that career because it will never give you anything back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's not to sound salty or anything in a way, but it's just it's for you. It's the truth. It's just a giving you a different viewpoint of truly what it is to live outside of that job. Because once you're in it, you, you almost feel like you're in a box. Oh, how could you leave this pension? I need to get to 55. I need to get to at least 50 so then I can get another job. So I have that money. Like, I don't know. It just feels like it, in lack of better terms, it kind of handcuffs you into that job. Right. You know, and you love <laughs> yeah. it. Don't get me wrong. We both loved our job. And, you know, I still miss it to this day. But at the same point, there's so much more out into this world that's more important than just a job. Absolutely. And you are way more important than just a job. Absolutely. So know that. And people, first responders have such amazing skills that they don't realize they have mm -hmm. because of what they've done that they can translate it into pretty much anything outside of the realm of first responding. Mm -hmm. um, and people love it. Yeah. Like people love that you used to do something like that. Um, like in my new job, I have never felt so, I don't even know if it's like loved or like mm -hmm. so, so appreciated by the people that I work with and my bosses and stuff than I ever have being a cop. Like it's just, it's a different outside of being a cop and outside of first responder. It's a whole different world. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be done with it. Yep. It is. It's okay. The I, world will keep spinning. It will. Whether you have that badge on your chest or not. 
just put it that way. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our second episode. I can't believe we're on two. Um, we are going to drop these every Tuesday morning. So that's going to be our plan as of now. So once a week until we can kind of get a handle on things, I think, just as we're, we're starting to figure all of this, all this stuff out. But I wanted to say thank you so much for all your love and appreciation. Y'all are just amazing. Um, we have Kingdom Killers on, where are we? We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. I really want to look at start doing some merchandise, but I want to wait oh, a little bit. Yeah. I do. I think that'd be really cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. Um, and just do something, just something like that. But we appreciate appreciate all of you. And if you love this, please download it or share it. You can share it in your stories. You can just take a screenshot of um, this podcast and kind of what you took away and take us in it. We would really appreciate it. So thanks so much, guys. And we hope you have a good day. See you later.